we have arrived at the fourth and final Sunday of Advent. As has been made clear over the past few Sundays, Advent gives us the opportunity to prepare for the return of the Lord rather than prepare for Christmas as is commonly thought. This Sunday is no different in its purpose to get us to look forward to the next coming of Christ. But the reading for today from the first chapter of the Gospel according to Luke is the most easily associated with Christmas because today we have the scene of the Annunciation. Luke's description of the day when the angel Gabriel, sent by God, announces to Mary how God has chosen her to carry the Messiah, the Christ, into the world by miraculously becoming pregnant. I must tell you that there is an amazing number of important details packed into this short passage, and at least two of those details can create disagreement between Christians across the spectrum of Christianity And anything that has the potential for disagreement can take a lot of time and effort, and in fact, many a book has been written on the topics. So we will not get tied down there, but we will hit the key elements as we move to the Advent message from the Annunciation text. Beginning in the 26th verse of the first chapter, Luke begins by giving us the setting. We are in the city of Nazareth in the region of Galilee, where we find a virgin betrothed to be married. Betrothal is a bit like being engaged, but to say it rather plainly, it is the on steroids version of engagement. Legally, it was the same as being married, but the couple did not live together. There's a few different reasons why. It could give the husband time to get himself established, to prepare a home, or for the wife to come of age, or any combination of those or all of those mentioned. For a variety of reasons we draw from the biblical text, it seems that Joseph was much older than Mary. So in our case, the betrothal period is allowing young Mary to arrive at a suitable age before going to live with Joseph. Back to our scene. We have the Virgin Mary in her family home in Nazareth of Galilee. The angel, named Gabriel, appears and gives Mary greetings. And the angel Gabriel came to her and said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Here is our first opportunity for controversy between some Christians. Gabriel's greeting to Mary is not calling her by her name, but rather calling her by her status. Full of grace, or more technically correct, graced to the full. There are many different translations of this particular text that intentionally downplay the language used. A common way of translating the text is highly favored one. That does not, however, change the way the original text actually reads with its use of the form of the word chiritu, which means to be graced, have grace applied to you, perfect, fully, and ongoingly. If we wrote out what it means, it would read like this, Hail you who have been, always have been, perfectly and fully graced, are perfectly and fully graced, and will continue to be perfectly and fully graced. Luke records for us a seemingly simple salutation that 
in its grammar, reveals Mary to be preemptively, perfectly graced by God, saving her from sin by preserving her from sin, also known as the Immaculate Conception. Mary understood the angel Gabriel's greeting, but not yet all of the implications of what it meant. The text tells us, but Mary was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Gabriel explains to Mary that she would become pregnant with the Messiah, would name him Jesus, meaning God saves, and that Jesus, her son, would save the people from their sins. Sin being rebellion against God's will, Jesus will save the people from their rebellion against God. Again, notice what Gabriel is doing in his explanation. He says to Mary, name your son God saves because your son will save the people from their sins, their rebellion against God. Another seemingly simple comment woven into the description of what was about to happen, but in the comment is the greater message. Jesus, meaning God saves, will save the people. Hence a small signaling that Jesus is indeed God. Mary, however, wants Gabriel to back up for a minute and talk some more about the pregnancy. Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I know not man? Here is our next opportunity for some potential controversy between Christians across the Christian spectrum. And again, this message is translated a few different ways, and those different ways tend to downplay what Mary asked. They will say, because I'm still a virgin, or words to that effect. But what Mary asked was, how will this be, since I know not man? The easiest way to explain how the text is written is comparing it to what a teetotaler would say if offered a drink, that being, I do not drink. We understand and we know that to mean, I do not drink, not now, and not ever. Mary's question to Gabriel understood properly is revealing that Mary has not had sex and intends to never have sex. Mary announces to Gabriel that it is her intent to remain perpetually virgin. And we know from studies of the customs of Israel in that era that consecrated virginity was a small but growing practice among Jewish women at the time. The other thing, though, the more practical thing to learn from this question is that it's okay to ask questions. Too many people are afraid to ask God questions because they believe it somehow indicates a lack of faith when what it really means is that you're confused and you want to understand God's will more clearly. Gabriel relays God's message to Mary. Mary, you will become pregnant. You will name your son Jesus. God saves because your son will save the people from their sins, from their rebellion. Mary replies with the question, how is it even possible? As we consider Advent and the long time we have waited for the return of Jesus and God's ideal for our lives that we struggle and strive to live while we wait is perfectly acceptable to ask God questions. Why is this happening? How is this supposed to work? What is going on? And the list of questions can continue, but you get the point. We may not always get a clear answer, and we may not get the answers we like, 
but we're always free to ask the questions. In the case of Mary, Gabriel explains how it will happen. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. His name is Jesus. His name is God saves. And he will save the people from their sins, from their rebellion. Mary heard Gabriel when he explained in detail the importance of all of this. He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary accepted the answer given to her from the angel Gabriel and knew what it meant. Mary knew that her baby boy would save our sons and daughters. Mary knew that her baby boy has walked where angels trod. Mary knew that when she kissed her little baby, she kissed the face of God. Mary knew that her baby boy is Lord of all creation. Mary knew that her baby boy would one day rule the nations. Mary knew the sleeping child she held is the great I am. But a quick return to that first point. Mary knew that her baby boy would save our sons and daughters. Mary, whose name in its Hebrew origin means their rebellion, knew that her son Jesus, her son God saves, would save the people, that is us and our sons and daughters, from their sins, from their rebellion, from our sins, from our rebellion. Mary, whose name in its Hebrew origin means their rebellion, replied to Gabriel with the words of cooperation and willingness to be part of and do the will of God. Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. As we near the end of the Advent season, it does not mean we stop preparing for the return of Jesus. Every day of our lives, we should consider how Jesus came to save the people from their sin, from their rebellion. Every day, we should consider how their rebellion is our rebellion, asking ourselves, where do I push back? Where do I rebel against God's will? And how can I, instead, live for God? rather than rebel against him? How can we each, in our different settings and situations, answer God's call upon our lives with the words, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. When we do so, we will truly be preparing for the return of the Lord and be ready to meet Jesus face to face. Amen.